0: Good to see everybody this morning. If you're a guest with us this morning, we just want to welcome you. And uh, if you're interested in a home church, fill out that connection card. We want to make a connection with you, send you a note this week thanking you for being a part of our service. If you have anything you'd like prayer for, you can also use that connection card. Anybody in our leadership will pray with you uh, over those things. The number is on the screen as well if you want to fill out our digital connection card or if you want to submit one of those prayer requests through your phone. This morning I'm going to read from God's Word. It's Palm Sunday today. It's exciting, Scott. Palm Sunday. Everybody stand with me as I read from God's Word. This is from Mark chapter 11. It says, Now when the disciples and Jesus drew near to Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite of you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a donkey or a colt that's tied in which no one has ever sat loose it and bring it and if anyone says to you why are you doing this just say the Lord has need of it and immediately he will send it here so they went on their way and they found a donkey tied by the door outside the street and they untied it but some of those who stood there said to them what are you doing untying this donkey and they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded and he said okay let him go So they brought the donkey to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut leafy branches from trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen? Will you pray with me as we begin our service this morning? Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together and lift up the name of Christ. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday and we recognize, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus, you came to this earth to die for our sin, to set us free from sin, that we might have life. And this picture of you riding into the city as a king, a humble king riding on a donkey, to recognize what it is you're going to do. We thank you for redeeming us. And today as we lift up your name, I pray your spirit would move among us as we worship. And I pray, Father, you'd speak to our hearts, speak to our needs, and may we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you will, turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 16. We're in a series called The Upper Room, and today we celebrate the moment where Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding on that donkey and the crowd going crazy. Hosanna, Hosanna. And then a few days later, you'll see a point in which Jesus is in the upper room speaking with his disciples, and he's sharing some pretty big things. And we're trying to unpack that the last several weeks. And this is the last message in our series. And in John chapter 16, we're going to break down a couple of things today that I hope will be very practical and helpful for you in your life. But before we begin, I just want to simply ask this question. And by show of hands, how many of you have ever prayed about something and then you saw God answer it? Okay? Next question How many of you ever prayed about something? And you felt like God didn't answer that. Okay. Today my message is going to be on prayer. And there's two points I want to accomplish today. First off, I want us to understand what it means when we say, if you pray in Jesus' name. Okay, that's something that can be tossed around in the church sometimes. If we pray a prayer in Jesus' name, what does that mean? What does that look like? We're going to unpack that the next thing I want us to to be able to come away with is how can I have a more effective prayer life how many of you would appreciate that more effective prayers 20 percent of you awesome well this message is good for you 20 percent the rest of you can check out I'll wake you up when the service is over okay I want a more effective prayer life I don't know about you but there's things that I come before God that I ask for and sometimes they're being answered and sometimes they're not anybody with me on that okay I want a more effective prayer life that might sound selfish but it's the truth I want my prayers to be effective and I hope you want that as well and so we'll break down just an understanding of how to have a more effective prayer life so we're in John chapter 16 starting in verse 16 And we're going to go through verse 33. Jesus says, in a little while you won't see me anymore. But in a little while after that, you'll see me again. It's like he's playing hide and seek, right, Paul? Now, what is Jesus trying to say with this? Let me just, before we move into this, there's going to be some confusing language because Jesus is kind of speaking in figures of speech here. But what essentially he's saying is, is I am going to go to the cross and I'm going to die. And you're going to experience some incredible grief. There's going to be weeping and there's going to be sadness. But then he passes that on then to say, but then you're going to experience joy. And no one's going to be able to rob you of that joy because I am going to have the power over sin and death. And you are going to know that I am who I say that I am. And the last three years of you following me haven't been in vain. You've followed me, and there's a purpose in that, and there's a hope in that. So Jesus, with his disciples, some of the disciples then started to ask each other, what does he mean? In a little while, you won't see me, but then you're going to see me again, and I go to the Father. Jesus keeps saying these things. What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand this stuff. In verse 19, Jesus realized that they wanted to ask him about it, so he says, Are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said, in a little while you won't see me, but a little while after that you'll see me again. And I tell you the truth, you will weep and you will mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly to wonderful joy. Now, in 2019, and knowing the Bible, we can look back and say, well, we know what Jesus is talking about here, right? His death and his resurrection. Put yourself in the disciples' shoes, though. They're sitting there listening to him, and they're like, man, what is he talking about? In a little while, we're going to have all this sorrow and grief, and then it's going to turn to joy. I mean, we can look at this and be like, well, come on, disciples, don't you know what's coming? and imagine the grief not knowing what's going to happen you start watching things unfold you watch a man get unfairly arrested go through an unfair trial which leads to a beating a beating so bad most people don't even make it out of the beating but somehow Jesus did and then through that we get tried and they say crucify him and they take him off and he carries a cross up to Calvary and for six hours he essentially suffocates to death and he dies now if you're a disciple and you're watching all of this go down and you don't necessarily know Easter's coming what's going through your heart what's going through your mind I would say probably grief and weeping watching someone you love suffer all of that which seems to be for no reason unfair but jesus says it'll be like a woman who suffers pains of labor and when her child is born her anguish gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into this world so you will have sorrow now but i will see you again and you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy So we know we're talking about the resurrection. Now look at what happens in verse 23. Jesus says, At that time, so we're speaking into the future now, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. And Jesus says, I've spoken these things in a matter of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name, and I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. And yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now... I will leave the world and return to the Father. And when he said that, it's like a light bulb went off for the disciples. And they're like, oh, I get it. You're going to go back to heaven. The disciples said in verse 29, at last, you're speaking plainly. Now we understand that, that you know everything and there is no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God in verse 31 Jesus asked do you finally believe but the time is coming indeed it's here now when you will be scattered each one going his way leaving me alone yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me and I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me and here on earth you will have trials and sorrows but take heart because I have overcome the world maybe your translation says in this world you'll have trouble or in this world you'll have tribulation but take heart or take courage or be bold because i have overcome the world so one of the first themes you see in there is that their sadness will turn to joy jesus spends some time on that but then he says some things there in verse 23 and 24 where we start to look at well what does it mean to pray in jesus name as I walked through this passage I felt like the Lord pressed upon me you need to camp out on this because there's people that need to hear what this means and whenever I prepare a message if that's what the Lord is laying on me then that's what we're gonna spend time on in John 16 Jesus says I tell you the truth you will ask the father directly and he will grant your requests because you use my name what's his name Jesus Sunday school answer there for you good job Lance sticker after the service way to go you back up a chapter John 15 verse 16 Jesus speaking he goes whatever you ask in my name the Father will give you and whose name Jesus Craig sticker for you back up another chapter John 14 verses 13 through 14, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Whose name? Charles. Two stickers because there was two verses there. Good job. In Jesus' name, what does that mean? When we pray a prayer in Jesus' name, and I'm going to take the word name, and we're going to turn this into an acrostic, and the first point I want to make is this. When I say a prayer in Jesus' name, it's not a magical wand where we get whatever we want. You following me on that? It's not a tagline at the end of a prayer so that hopefully my prayer gets answered. In Jesus' name, amen. Lance made fun of my hairstyle last week. Imagine if I went home and I said, Lord, I want an afro. In Jesus' name. And I hope you'd look good. Yeah, right. You know I wouldn't look good with an afro. It's silly because we know that's not going to happen. If it did, I'd be freaking out. Let me give you another example. Like maybe this is, more relatable than my hair but it's like Lord please help the Chicago Bears to win the Super Bowl this year in Jesus oh what's that (laughs) not gonna happen Lance is over there praying Lord please help the Lions to have a winning record this year in Jesus name (laughs) I'm a numbers guy I and every now and then Lance and Peter where are you at Peter Buchan We'll get into text messages together and we'll just be flipping each other a hard time, kind of, you know, jiving elbows and stuff. He's a Vikings fan. He's a Lions fan. And this year the Bears did really good. So I was throwing out all kinds of stats and numbers. And here's a stat for you, Peter. The Lions haven't won the division in 25 years. (laughs) 25 years. Isn't that something? Man. Adding in Jesus' name at the end of every prayer is not like a little magical wand where we get what we want. It's not wrong to pray and ending your prayer with, in Jesus' name, amen. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's wrong if you use it to think I'm going to get like my own little way here by doing this. Does that make sense? The next next aspect of praying in Jesus' name is when we do that, we acknowledge Jesus' office as mediator now that's kind of a you know churchy word mediator so essentially if I break this down I want you to hear me as we pray our prayer goes through the Holy Spirit to our mediator Jesus who's sitting at the right hand of who the father so we have access to the Father through Jesus John 14 verse 6 I am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me he's our mediator 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 through 6, the Bible says that there is only one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus. When you pray a prayer that is lined up in Jesus' name, you are recognizing He's my mediator. He is the one who's given me access to the Father. Jesus said in chapter 16, you're going to ask the Father directly you're gonna ask him directly and the reason why you can do that is because I went and paid the price and the penalty for sin and that veil that separated people from being able to enter into the most holy place has now been torn and you have access to the Father Jesus is our mediator when you pray in Jesus name you acknowledge he's the one who's given you access to the Father the other part if you pray a prayer in Jesus name you're matching up with God's will with his desire and with his purposes a prayer that is truly in Jesus name is lined up with God's will and God's desires does that make sense so we've got a little diagram here God's will and purpose and then there's our will and purpose and we want something to happen, but here's the thing. A prayer in Jesus' name is one that is directly lined up with God's will and God's purpose. Okay, If you've ever written out a will and testament, a will is, these are my desires after I'm gone. Okay, God has desires. God has a will. And the revealed will of God is right here. Here it is. Some of you are holding it in your hand right now. Some of you have it and like 90 different translations on your smartphone. That is the revealed will of God. You want to know what God wants? It's right here. That is his revealed will of God. He's revealed it to us. It's his word. So when we're like, Lord, what should I pray about? Sometimes we can be praying things that are in direct contradiction to his revealed will. Don't expect that prayer to get answered. Does that make sense? We have to pray prayers that are lined up with His will and His desires. Also, we understand that what He purposes and what I purpose can be on two different wavelengths. And so what He purposes, another way to say that is what what He plans to do and what I plan to do. I need to move my plans in with His plans and start praying. And wow, we're talking about effective prayers now. I'll prove this to you in Scripture in 1 John chapter 5. Verses 14 through 15, John says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, or if we ask anything according to his desires, he hears us. And, we, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we have asked. That's pretty cool. When my will and my purpose line up with his, watch out. We're talking about effective praying. John 15, verse 7, Jesus says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask me whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. His words, if they remain in you, ask him whatever you wish. And here's the thing, if God's word is in you, your desires, your heartbeat is going to be lined up with his heartbeat. And you're going to be asking. This is just a natural outflow. You're going to be asking for things that he desires. Does that make sense? Okay. Praying in Jesus' name, it matches up with God's will and his purposes. The last point is this. Praying in Jesus' name, a prayer in Jesus' name embodies Jesus' character. It's not going to be out of line with who Jesus is and what he stands for. If I said, Lance, I need you to carry something out in my name today, you know, can you take this and mail it out in my name? You know, I'm essentially asking Lance, please carry out this desire of mine, and you represent me in the process of that. So if he went out and he, like, wrapped it up in, like, goofy pink wrapping paper and weird tape, and, like, it's from Russ, whoever gets that's gonna be like, okay, that was a little weird. Here's the thing he represents me if I said, I need you to carry this out in my name a person's name in the ancient culture represented that person it embodies that person you're doing something with their approval and in their authority and when our prayers are in harmony with God's character they can be extremely effective extremely effective so when we pray a prayer in Jesus name it's because we go through that list it's because we're not using it as a wand, like poof, it happened, right? And we're acknowledging his office as mediator. We recognize, our, we're matching up with his will and his desire, and this prayer embodies Jesus' character. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. It's not just add his name at the end, okay? Okay. Hopefully that cleared some things up. If there's anybody that's been fuzzy for you for years or whatever, I hope that helped. To pray a prayer in Jesus' name, it's more than just saying his name. So now I said I'm going to leave you with some things that here's ways for your prayer to be more effective, for your prayer life to be more effective. And here's how I'm going to reveal that to you. I'm going to give you reasons for ineffective prayer. Reasons why prayer is is ineffective. And the first one is this because we're asking with the wrong posture. Okay? Maybe we're not sincere when we come to God or maybe we're not reverent. We have this respect and this fear of who God is and we're not humble. We come with kind of this arrogance. Jesus highlighted the way Pharisees pray. He he told a story of Pharisees there and here comes a tax collector and the Pharisees like, "Lord, thank you that I'm not a sinner like him." You know, thank you that I'm not that gross and that I tithe unlike him. You know, thank you, Lord. Amen. That is, that is a wrong way to pray. Jesus highlighted that in Luke 18. Jesus also highlights in Luke 6. When you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites who love standing out in public like, look at me. Like it's a show. Whoa. Wrong way to pray. He said, instead, go in your room, lock the door. And your father who sees these things done in secret, he'll reward you in secret. It's not a show and don't go on babbling like saying everything you could think of thinking the more words i add to this god's going to be like oh wow you said that so well i'm going to make it happen sometimes and and, and jesus says your father knows what you need before you even ask so if you think somehow your little fancy words are going to somehow make it happen you're you're thinking wrong our posture is important. The next thing is ineffective prayer. It's because we're not actually praying. Because we're not actually praying. James 4, 2 says you have not because you ask not. Jesus just said your father knows what you need before you even ask. And then he says, but then sometimes you're lacking because you're not asking. How many of you have ever had that conversation in your marriage? Well, if you would just ask me, Only me, huh? Oh, and Gloria. Okay. We can't just assume. We ask. Sometimes, if you think about it, and you go, yeah, I would like that. You still haven't asked. Ask him. If you really want it in your heart, and you're like, man, I really want it. Doesn't he know I really want it? Have you asked? You've got to ask. The next thing is we're asking with the wrong motives. If you go to the very next verse in James 4, it says... And even when you ask, you don't, get, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong and you want only what will give you pleasure. Newsflash, it's not about you. Okay, You're not praying in your name. You're praying in his name. You're praying to please him, not yourself. If God doesn't seem to be answering your prayers, then we need to take a step back and we need to examine our motives rather than start questioning God's character the devil will do that all the time well this isn't happening I'm praying for it why God I don't trust you now I thought you were good I thought you were faithful look how the enemy starts to trip you up and really it could be something in your own life you're asking for the wrong thing sometimes we have ineffective prayer because We ask with the wrong motives. Another reason is because we are doubting. In James chapter 1, James says you want to ask for wisdom, God gives wisdom generously. In James chapter 1, the Bible says God gives generously when people ask for wisdom. But he says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Otherwise, you're like a wave that's just tossed around. In verse 7, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. In Matthew 21 Jesus himself says if you have faith and you do not doubt you can say to that mountain go throw yourself into the sea and it'll be gone whoa the point he was trying to make is that if you believe you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer sometimes our doubting can create ineffective prayer this is a big one one of the reasons why we can have ineffective prayer is because we're living in disobedience This is huge. We've been highlighting this in Sunday school. When you live in obedience to God, guess what comes with that? His blessing. But if you live in disobedience to God, that blessing won't come over your life and your home. Let me prove that to you in Scripture. John 9, verse 31, God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will or does his desire. Psalm 66 verse 18, the writer of Psalm says, if I had cherished iniquity or if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. That tells me that if I'm living in obedience, it's like my prayer is reaching Him. Does that make sense? I want you to keep your hand on uh, chapter 16 of John and go with me to 1 John chapter 3. It's towards the tail end of the New Testament. 1 John chapter 3 and I want to highlight to you a passage that just, I think it was so important. I was like, we need to go here and we need to sit on it for a second. First John chapter 3, verses 19 through 22. John says, Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. And dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God With bold confidence, and look at verse 22. And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. Do you see how obedience to God and answered prayer can go hand to hand? Okay, James chapter 5 says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Righteous being that there's somebody who believes in Jesus and they live in the ways of God. If that's a righteous person, I, that's a person you go to and say, will you pray with me? Because their prayers, you know by the word, the prayer of a righteous person has power and great effectiveness. It is impossible to have a spiritually productive prayer life apart from knowing, believing, and living in Christ. The more we grow with Jesus through studying and applying his word, the more our prayers will be in line with Christ's desires and purposes, and through that, our prayers will be more effective. The the last point I want to make with reasons for ineffective prayer is because we're not praying with perseverance. When Jesus was talking about how the Heavenly Father gives good gifts to those who ask, one of the things Jesus says is, Ask. Seek and knock. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened. And he says, if, if your heavenly father who is perfect, right? He's perfect. He's got these good gifts for you. Ask him for them. And if you as earthly fathers, you know, you're capable of sin. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does God know how to give good gifts? Ask, seek, and knock. And Jesus highlights this in Luke 18 with the parable of the persistent widow. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and they should never give up. And there was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor really cared about people. And a widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Day and night His perseverance, folks. Will he keep putting them off? He says, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? In other words, he's saying, how many of you are really willing to continue to pray through a situation and just keep praying even if it's not showing up you just keep praying about it and you keep praying about it still hasn't happened keep praying about it that's what perseverance looks like if you go back to verse 23 of John 16 you see two forms of the word ask he says at that time so when Jesus has risen from the dead and they're now followers of Christ with Jesus seated at the sitting at the right hand of the father. He says at that time you won't need to inquire. That's what that ask means. You won't need to inquire. If I inquire something of Brady, I just have a simple question. What time is this? What time is this? those are most of my questions. What time? What should I wear? What should, you know, things like that. Inquire. The next ask in that verse. He says I tell you the truth, you will ask the father directly. It's a different ask. That word in the Greek means you will petition that carries a whole different meaning you inquire of things from me but there's coming a day where you're gonna petition which essentially means you're gonna earnestly request for things and you're gonna ask for things with that sense of urgency and appeal And if you look up the definition of petition, it's like a formal request to authority. And we talked earlier about how he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. And you come to him as authority in your life. You say, God, this is my need. Will you please step in? That's what it means to petition. The disciples had inquiring minds. And you see it. What does he mean? A little while this and a little while that. I don't don't get that. They inquired about that stuff. But then in verse 24, Jesus, when he's talking about the petition, he goes, you haven't done this before. We're shifting gears here. You can now come to the Father directly, and you can bring your needs to him. And the word says, cast all your cares upon God, because he cares for you. Perseverance. I want to share with you guys a little story um, that's close to home. Um, Early on in Brady and I's marriage, we had a desire to have kids. And um, there's a lot of stories, probably even in this room, about that, maybe how that went down for you. But for us, it seemed like it wasn't happening. And um, Brady and I were praying together one night, seeking the Lord, and kind of what What he was wanting for this situation and we felt like the Lord led us to a passage and in the word it said she will give birth to a son. And as we were praying together we felt like I think the Lord is going to give us a son someday. And the more we kept praying about that the Lord would lead us to the word and the Lord gave us the name Judah. And so we're like someday the Lord is going to give us a son and we're to name him Judah and that moment happened in our marriage. Fast forward a few months, a few more months, a year, 18 months. Lord, this is our desire, this is our heart. Two years into the journey. A number of years ago, we we had Terrence Talley come and do some school assemblies for us. You guys know who Terrence is. Maybe you remember him. That week of school assemblies, Terrence and I were talking together, just kind of heart to heart. And he said, "Are you gonna have a family? You guys want a family?" And I said, "Yeah, Terrence, we would." Um, that's in the Lord's timing, though. And he said, "Oh, it'll happen, Russ," and encouraged me with that. And The last night of school assemblies, we're down at South Central Calhoun in Rockwell City. The team is done. We're packed up. And they said, Russ, we'd just love to pray with you and Brady before we take off for Minnesota. And so they gather around us. And really only Terrence knows the story we're going through. The team prays for us. Amen. It was great. We appreciated that. All right, guys, we'll see you. Everybody starts to kind of head towards the bus. And Terrence comes up to me and he says, Russ, two months. And I thought, well, that's awesome. But, you know, there's a part of you that's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to totally sink into that. Because if he's just trying to cheer me up, sometimes that can be a hard thing to swallow if it doesn't happen. Fast forward to Des Moines. I'm down at class in ISOM. And we find out that Brady's pregnant. It was the weekend of Father's Day. You talk about whoa, okay? We go to the doctor, and um, I'm a numbers guy. They can find out when you conceived. You look on the calendar, and if I back up to the week, two months was the night they prayed over us, and Terrence said, two months. I told you God said we would have a son and his name would be Judah. Well, we don't know that yet. <laughs> we just know she's pregnant. And so we went to Inform Choice in Fort Dodge. They were looking for volunteers to run their ultrasound system. And they're going through and congrats, guys. You're going to have a boy. And I kind of leaned back and I was like, Yes, we are. (laughs) That was two years for us, and it seemed like a long time. And it seemed like we just kept walking through this going, is God ever going to do this? But we kept praying, and we kept praying. And Jesus wraps up this passage, and he says, in this world, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have afflictions. You're going to have things that you're walking through that it seems difficult, but guess what? Take heart, have courage, because I've overcome. And God provided for us in our situation, and maybe there's something that you're praying about in your life, and you're lifting that to the Lord, and you just keep lifting that to the Lord, and you're like, is this going to happen? My hope is that through this message is maybe there's something... We kind of check ourselves, is this with the right motives? And, you know, things like that. But if it is, and this desire and this request is, just seems pure, I encourage you to, to keep praying. Persevere. Thursday morning I was praying, I said, Lord, download in me anything that you would want for this message and Thursday night, boom, he's like, I want you to share that story about Judah. I'm like, I've never shared that in a crowd this big before and talking with Brady, you know, just what do you think? Is this something that we're comfortable with? This is a piece of our story that we shared with you guys today. But I said, Brady, I feel like we need to share it because there's maybe somebody, they need hope. And they feel like they're ready to just almost mark that out, like that's just not for us, this is, but keep praying, keep hoping, keep trusting, Judah's name means praise, you'll never be able to convince me that children aren't a gift from God, because I watched how God provided in our family, and perseverance I think taught me even more of how precious my son's life is and sometimes there is a lesson in the midst of the waiting but we keep persevering will you bow your heads with me as we pray father there are many many circumstances listening this message today many hearts that are maybe troubled or anxious worried fearful and Father I pray that you would minister to those hearts speak into those lives Father I pray as needs maybe our. are feeling like they're going unanswered I pray father that you would speak into those situations and right now just in the silence of this time together if there is a need that's on your heart let's just take a moment in silence and just lift it to the Lord God would you listen to these requests these petitions. Hear them now as people are praying. In this passage, Jesus, you ask the disciples, do you finally believe? And perhaps there's somebody that's listening right now as we're praying together and and perhaps you have not placed your faith and trust in Jesus for what he's done for you on the cross to redeem you from sin and giving you access to the father and if you desire that in your life today we call that being saved or being born again where where you surrender your life unto Jesus and he makes you a new person if that's you right now and and you want that in your life, I just invite you to pray with me in your heart quietly. Just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, this morning I I lift my life to you. I want you in my life. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sin and cause me to turn in a new direction, a direction that, that accomplishes your desires, that lives according to your ways. Help me to do that. And I thank you for this redemption and this salvation through Jesus. Today I make him my Lord and my Savior as I surrender my life unto the name of Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, eye closed, if you just prayed that prayer with me to receive Christ in your life, will you just simply lift your hand and let me know today that was me? Thank you. Anyone else? I prayed that prayer today. Thank you. I see your hand in the back. Thank you. Father, thank you for the miracle of salvation that just took place. All glory to God. We thank you for all that you've done today in the hearts of many. And we thank you for your faithfulness and your love through Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.